0: with the best father-and-son team
1: on the internet! It's time for Homie and the Dude!
2: What is up everyone? This is Homie and the Dude, the father-and-son TTRPG and MMA podcast, and the home of the best NPCs in the entire fucking universe. We are here today and honored to have Sam Comerford in our presence. Sam is a DM for role-playing and role-playing and also the author of The Shitty Not Compendium, which is currently live on Kickstarter. Sam, how
1: the fuck are you? Great. Honestly, you are (laughs) one of the first interviewers to ever pronounce my last name correctly. I don't know what what that says about you, but everybody's like, oh, Connor." I read, dude. I read the syllables and I read. It should be. It's just. It's simple. It's simple. But you're you're like the first one, so thank you. So now I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, As you can probably see, it is uh, in the the wee hours of the morning, as my Irish grandma would say. But it is. I'm. I'm. I'm revved, ready to be here, and excited.
0: Hey, we are so honored to have you here. Um, you know, you are a big presence within the community and someone I've followed for a very long time, as I mentioned to you before we started recording. Um, but I want to really get to know, obviously you kind of hopped on Twitter and began kind of doing what you guys were doing with your podcast and everything, um, around the 2020 mark. What inspired you to take those kind of first steps? What was like the, the jumping off point? What was like, you know what? It's time. We need to do
1: it. (laughs) So in, um, I think it was it was August of 2020. My yeah. friends and I I decided, like, hey, I, I don't really have a project or anything going on. And, and I, I just I just want to do something. like, I reached out to my friends. I'm like, hey, you guys want to do a DD podcast? And I'm like, sure. Uh and I didn't expect it to go anywhere. You know, I didn't even make a Twitter account for it. I just like, you know, we're re- recording a bunch of friends shooting the shit, playing DD. But then my uh my girlfriend my my very serious girlfriend and i uh we broke up so i was like all right i got two options here i can either like just spiral in like a post-relationship depression which sucks or i could throw myself wholeheartedly into this project and now i am like married to this fucking podcast <laughs> because <laughs> it is all i do <laughs> like i have nothing else in my life going on right now besides like Dungeons and Dragons and to be completely frank I love it this is great
2: <laughs> dude that's amazing and uh, I mean we have a flavor of what it takes to put on it's certainly a family game but it, but we're and we're also starting to think about doing a live stream and all the different components of that so when you talk about you're all in what are you doing as far as are, you know editing of course you're DMing and kind of getting prepared and all that but give us a flavor of, of the whole package
1: so for the first few months, I did everything. Yeah. I edited. I marketed. I DM'd. I uh, reached out to sponsors. I ran the Patreon. Uh, and my life was kind of falling apart because I'm like, "Hey, this is way too much for me to handle along with school." So yeah. I, I, I. Fortunately, the cast members are all great people, and they're like, "Hey, you look like you're not doing so hot. Can we help?" I'm like. Please. Thank you. I, I I know I'm too prideful to ask. But thank you. Uh, so now I just, uh, I don't DM for this new season of the mm-hmm. podcast. I, I'm actually a player, which is awesome. Uh, I just, I edit because it's like, I, it's kind of like, like my baby. And I'm a bit of a perfectionist in terms of that. Like, it's my way. And I like it done like this way when it's the episodes, the podcast. Um, and then I run the Twitter. But then we've got people Uh, My buddy, Sean, who's actually an artist on Spotify, uh, he makes uh, some of the music for the podcast. Uh, And then my buddy, Michael, runs the Patreon. And then my two friends, Alex and Audrey, they run the one shots and the promotional material and whatnot. So it's been nice to kind of diffuse the responsibility a little bit uh, to kind of give myself more time to... Focus on the things that I'm good at, and give people the things that I'm not so good at. I know they'd be much better than I am. I guess.
2: Thanks for watching this episode. We really
0: appreciate you supporting Homie and the Dude. Please hit us with the Holy Trinity, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram. Just search at Homie and the Dude. It all really helps. Hmm. Do you know what's interesting? It like it's it, it reminds me of a an interview that was had with Quentin Tarantino. Uh, a while ago. He talked about, you know, he never went to film school, um, and he actually um, did like what he called his own film school, where he made a movie for six years, and it was all of his own money, all of his own time. you know, he was the editor, the director, the lights person, you know, the cameraman, you know, doing everything that he basically could himself. And he said at the end of that process, he realized that the only true way to actually succeed within that is to, Give those kind of jobs to other people and just be able to uh, truly just pass your vision onto them and, you know, allow them to run with it and, uh, and, and almost like giving away some of that responsibility to other people. And it's something that we've learned. So we have a couple of like, uh, uh like apprentices i guess people working uh, for us who are like our social media person we have an editor uh, we have a couple of artists and stuff like that and it's something we've realized that as time has gone on we've had to just relinquish some of those responsibilities and me so more than even you because i'm like a, a lot of the creative driving force in it that you know i write our characters you know i have you know when it started i was coming up with the graphics and thinking about this and so When it then came to handing it to the social media person, I'm like, but this is the way you must do it. Like, just keep it okay. Good luck. Like, you know, kind of thing. And it's it's one of those things where it relieves a lot of that pressure, but I see what you're saying, you know, and that with the editing, for example, you said it's like your baby. It's hard to, you know, relinquish some of that stuff. I want to ask you kind of about your style of editing because something I really like about what you do is this ambient music that kind of comes in out of nowhere in moments where you're not like, I would say not that I'm not expecting it, but it just appears. And suddenly I find myself enthralled in what's happening. What what, what led to the choice of you doing that kind of soundtracking and music in this?
1: So uh, I am completely self-taught and I just use Audacity because you know, mm-hmm. it's free and I'm a college student, uh, mm-hmm. but the it's interesting because my, like the first episode, like the first couple episodes of the podcast, like season one, yeah. uh, sound like dog shit. I'm gonna be real honest, they don't sound very good. Uh, and my buddy told me, like, Hey, the music is pretty abrupt. So I'm like, Hmm, what do I do about that? So now I fade it in and I fade it out just yeah. to, so it doesn't sound as abrupt unless I want it to, right? Unless there's yeah. something spooky happening or something. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I do that is kind of as if it's a horror movie and it's not Mm -hmm. but it's to kind of subconsciously get you in the mood like like the kind of anticipation of what's about to happen in like the next couple of seconds so you're already primed for the next change of scenery or the next event uh so that that's kind of my the reason why i kind of do that stylistic choice Mm uh and yeah i i don't like having super jarring music in the background it's usually just kind of ambient uh yeah. repetitive music that i can just you know cut and loop over and over and over again so that yeah. your brain kind of tunes it out eventually but when there is silence you're like Wait, where's the music yeah um so that, that's kind of that's kind of why i do that uh and it's especially the case in this new season where uh there's a lot of like it's a lot more guitar as opposed to synth mm. yeah uh because it's that's like it's a western campaign mm-hmm. so it's um that's a lot more interesting to loop because yeah, physical guitar is hard to kind of like cut and paste as opposed to some synthetic music that i could just kind of find a breaking point and then as reposition said- and whatnot
0: it's something I've tried many times. I I used to do our editing and I've done editing for a very long time. And sound design is a really hard one for someone who, you know, I don't know music theory. Um, I've never studied an instrument before. and That's a lie. I've studied like three or four instruments, but to no success in any way, shape or form, like (laughs) with like a couple months of like twanging at some guitar strings and banging on some drums and shit. And then was like, okay, I'm done with that. Um, But uh, like, having to kind of like you said with guitar and stuff find correct harmonies find the key like because if a song changes key or like you know you you go up or down an octave and you then cut it and splice it together and you can hear almost like that step almost happen in some cases and it becomes one of those things that you really have to begin working out that fine tuning and finding like breaks and beats and stuff to to be able to find those cuts to be able to loop stuff so i totally feel what you're saying that's a the, the, the guitar things are pain in the ass i've been there
1: <laughs> yeah uh it's i well especially one thing i like doing is is, ta- is like i i'm such a fucking sucker for leitmotifs like mm-hmm. having a piece of music that comes back as like a thematic element right mm, yeah uh and what i love doing with that is bringing it down a half step to make it sharp or an octave and a half step to make it low and sharp to kind of like yeah. say like oh what's going on here something's not right, yeah. um, and I mean I'm not I am by no means a musical expert I um, yeah. I I was in like concert band I played tuba uh, and then <laughs> I I was in um I was in a, a little rock band in high school uh, where wow. I sang not well mind you but yeah. i did say yeah. what was the band called what was the band called I it was called sure mock it was, like... it was called mock um like this like the speed uh and oh, nice. our logo was much better than anything we ever created i i loved that <laughs> logo so much it was just like but nothing nothing we ever uh made was great but is there, a, yeah. is there any dnd is there any bands in any of
0: your campaigns that you know you, you can plug in you know like here and you know you're in the tavern tonight and over there and we've got the mock band playing (laughs) oh my god we We should totally
1: do that because the funny thing is that the uh band was made up of me uh michael and sean from the podcast mike plays guitar and sean is like just an absolute god on the drums um, uh and um, one of my friends was on bass and then my brother was actually on guitar so it was it, like I, I've kept in contact with all these people so if we wanted to do like a little reunion <laughs> or something we could to probably fair, like, scrap it together
2: it's all, it's kind of like an idea like if
1: an up-and-coming
2: band if you you know if you if you have a tavern scene and you like feature the band as like they're on stage and then you play some of their music, dude, like, dude, dude, that's dude, actually dude, like, If I was a bouncer, great
0: idea. Call Critical Role and be like, yo, next time you're in a tavern, let us know and we will send you a song or we'll be there live to play. Like, <laughs> dude, that's a wild. That's actually a wild guerrilla marketing. It's like having you there. That's, that's great.
1: That because <laughs> um, have you guys ever heard of the podcast Welcome to Night Vale? Really, oh, I've
0: heard of it, but I've not seen it
1: it's a it's cosmic horror like radio show really okay. funny and off the cuff but what they do is they have this segment called the weather where you're you're expecting like oh they go into the weather no it's just they play a song from like an indie artist and like it's really cool and like i think that's that's a great idea for a dnd thing i mean obviously i would probably have to keep it thematic and play country or bluegrass uh both of which i despise with with a burning passion uh but yeah no that's a great idea that should totally be done it's an interesting one
2: so we've we've been playing around with music for the stream but also we like to have music on the table because Mm -hmm. it it adds mood to the table so to what extent are you or have you guys talked about you know it'd be cool for us to actually have music during our sessions whether it's in like are you you doing
0: live music yeah are you doing live music and then doing music post as well or how's that kind of working
1: we i just do music post and then usually i'll just have spotify running with like best western instrumental soundtracks uh (laughs) spotify playlist or whatever i mean i'm I'm a sucker for ennio morricone he does he does good (laughs) shit but um that's essentially what we do we don't do anything during the session in terms of like sound effects besides maybe alex getting a little overzealous and like making a weird growl as like some beast or something <laughs> uh which i love i love editing that stuff to make it sound terrifying but i mean and then and then we joke about it, it it's pretty there's a lot of meta humor where we're like uh oh and the gun sounds like boom pow zing uh which i could obviously add a sound effect in post but then it wouldn't be like as funny as us going yeah. like Boom, boom, pew. Yeah. But... Dude, I would say like it's one of those things where
0: you know there's keeping some of that rawness but then also adding some of that post up I also noticed you do you alter your voice at points as well like when you're doing like I think I noticed you were doing uh, maybe an orc or something um, and I, I swear the voice because from what, hearing you talk now, like, yeah, like were you like fiddling with the effects, like nodules as well? I'm yes, course. is that something you mess around with?
1: When I so when I was playing, when I was DMing, obviously I used a lot of voices, and I I I, I like to think I have a decent range, but I'm very I'm I'm a tenor. I am very high pitched. Like I could do yeah. very like squeaky high yeah. stuff. I cannot, for the life of me, make my voice sound very intimidating and low. So what I had to do, especially uh, have you if you've listened to season one, Nicodemus has a very low sounding voice. No way in hell I could ever muster that. So I just cranked the audio down a bit after doing like a British aviator voice, which I think we mentioned the Patreon, like like Alex said, like, oh, it's so fucking funny to me how I'll listen to <laughs> listen to you talk. Oh, raw audio and I listen to a post that's completely different and nobody knows you sound like an idiot before <laughs> you had the um, the uh, drop down. Uh, and I love that stuff. I love kind of figuring out how to augment these like voices and whatnot, make like like echoing and stuff like that and like layering it with different pitches. Uh, I find super cool might be cheesy probably is but I mean that's the name of the game so I don't know
0: dude, dude that's wild like the fact that you're investing like the fact that you're you know at college studying not this and you're investing so much time to learn how to do this stuff like isn't a testament to how much you really really care about what's going on right now dude also like We've just come up
2: with one amazing idea. Maybe for like the shitty compendium. I'm not sure. Like you know, promoting bands. But maybe this this is another one. This might be beyond our like scope. I'm talking about us as Bodhi and I and you working together as a business. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what about me. this? Let me hear. No, dude. Dude, check this out. How cool would it be, fucking, if you just had your own voice and you could send it through, like a I mean, it might already exist, like, some sort of, like, audio thing that it could tweak into accents. So, you wouldn't have to fucking do your own. You wouldn't have to do the, the English accent or the Irish accent or the Australian accent. It would just, you just, like, like talk. And like an just...
0: accent fake almost? Yeah, and that. that yeah. Would...
2: Yeah, I mean, the technology seems like it could work. It's just, like, you know, different accents on different parts of syllables and I don't know.
1: But it seems like that could be something. That could be something. I mean, a lot of accents, though, I think... Our dialect too like for mm-hmm. Minnesotan, like sure. i mean minnesotan is midwestern but I, I i'm not i'm not gonna say like oh gee or uh, oh yeah mom make sure makes a good hot play don't you know like i'm not gonna <laughs> fucking say that i live in detroit like i i say i might say i say pop that is as midwestern as i get or maybe some like weird r uh but it, it's not to the extent of like because because dialect changes wherever you go and i know like a lot of people like a lot of people think like voice acting is just changing your voice to something wacky and then running with it but it's so so much more than that and i learned that the hard way by kind of falling into this because i love like impressions and shit i find that so much fun But it's difficult because you have to kind of, to make an entirely separate person, you have to not only address the funny little voice you've given them, but also how they talk, their cadence, their dialect, whether they use contractions or not. All sorts of shit that you have to be thinking of in a microsecond when you're saying something. Uh, It's a lot easier when you're given like a script because, you know, they're saying this is how you talk right and mm. then you can just kind of run with it but in D D, like that that can get so complicated especially when you're dming because you're like yeah. all right i have two characters two npcs that are talking to each other with radically different voices uh and different personalities i have to kind of rectify that and it could be so hard
0: <laughs> right there for that that is as, as as a dm it's something that i have you know, so I think one of my big things, yeah, that I not struggle with, but I find myself in those moments, I have to take a pause in between like each person responding to refine the voice in my head of the other person. And then I can go again. And it's like one of those weird things where you have to like, yeah, like you said, be able to not only have like the nuances of like what they talk, it might be like a repeated phrase. For example, like we have, um, we have a two headed gnomish character um that is uh that is an artificer and like uh and, and they make like crazy like mechanical tinkery stuff and um and one of them basically says you know what i mean at the end of every sentence that he says mm. and the other one says the last word of every sentence twice so when i'm role-playing both of them <laughs> talking back to each other one of them will be like you know what i mean and the other one will be like i know what you mean me and like it, it like ends up getting really out of control like that and <laughs> talking to the players like that really does get like a little bit frazzling, which is why I think, I'm not sure if you get this. And we talked to um, Emil from Double DM Podcast recently. And um, he basically said as well, he was like, after I DM, I like have like an hour, two hours of like crazy adrenaline hype. And then like, I just bomb and like instantly, like, you know, for the next day, I'm just dead. And I was like, yeah, me too. Like it, like, it feels like my brain is just like, Turned up to the nth degree and then like just short circuits, like in the last hour of the session, is just like rah, rah, and I start like <laughs> robot life tweaking out and just start, you know, fizzling out for the day. Do you find something similar?
1: Oh, yeah, especially I, I don't find that for in-person games, I think the come a lot longer because it's like, uh, you know, you could use your facial expressions. It's all like in-person. You can have those little minutiae uh, present. But if it's over like a discord call or something and I like turn off the computer, it's just that blank screen. Like I might have like some radio head play in the background. I'm like, man, I feel so fucking depressed right now. <laughs> this sucks so much. Uh. But yeah, the 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 post DM come down is real. It is mm-hmm. it is like I don't even know how yeah you described it pretty well because I mean it's just like this emptying of your mental faculties uh from just pretending to be so many different people, as well as the setting, uh and then doing math on top of that and then hurting cats. So it's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it's a
2: lot Dude, of- also no i was going to say also it's it's just the the creation of you know you're 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 so locked in to the improvisation moment to moment that that you like your brain is literally like redlining just to be able to pick up little things cues to play off of people to make sure that you know along with all the mechanics behind the scenes that is a, some serious like cognitive you know overload that you know, we love doing it. And there's a, there's a serious like serotonin or whatever it is, dopamine like hit probably because of all that. Mm -hmm. But, but also just like physiologically, there's gotta be a hit like beyond just like the emotional, like dive, there's a physiological, like I've been on the treadmill for fucking five hours. I'm going to fucking crash (laughs) like one way or another. Well, if I put my brain through being on the treadmill for five
1: hours, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah it's uh, it's definitely mental exercise you know you're yeah. employing so many different parts of your brain to accomplish a task and it's especially difficult I'm not gonna say difficult but it's especially kind of mentally strenuous I guess because you're doing it for other people and there's that pressure yeah. uh, to kind of perform and whatnot so yeah, yeah I, I would, oh, go fully ahead.
0: agree with that no I'd fully agree with that fully agree with that. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of those things that it takes time to get used to. And I don't know if you, you know, uh, when you guys are recording your show, uh, do you guys, do you guys do it with cameras on when you're actually recording or do you guys do no cameras? Like what's your kind of setup when you do that?
1: Yeah, we, um, we, I, we want to start using cameras just because we've gotten a little bit of beefier setups, but mm-hmm. as of up to this point, we've just been using discord audio, so mm-hmm. there's been times where we cut each other off and it doesn't sound natural, but I mean, that can be fixed in post. That is probably an easy 30% of my job when I'm editing is just like cutting somebody out when they're like starting to speak. And then somebody talks over them. Right. Yeah. Just to kind of keep it continuous. But yeah, we're going to try using video. I have no idea how that's going to work. We are going mm. to see. General, <laughs> do, do you know I would say, so my point following that was going to be for me
0: personally, I, I, uh, I, I did, like, theater, not theater school, I guess I did, like, some performing arts training for, like, two years, basically. And um, I cannot do what I do as a, dun- like, I watch Matt Mercer and, like, Brenly Mulligan at times and, you know, people like Abria Iyengar and, you know, all these incredible, like, legendary dungeon masters that sit down while they're DMing. And I'm like, I don't understand how you're not, like I like, I'm on my feet and typically I'm, like, you know, and you fricking punch him in the face. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and and like, I'll be like, and he turns away from you to look at this person. And I'll like turn away from the table and begin talking like in this kind of direction, not looking at everyone. And it's like, for me, I just cannot DM without being really physical and like showing my gun, done- like showing the scenes in ways. Mm-hmm. And I find like, it's one of the things that I really, really love about it. But I also know talking about like gassing out, it definitely like, i'm by the time we hit our halfway break i am drenched in sweat like my t-shirt is usually sweat through i have to go make a t-shirt change because i've like sweated through some shit and also i can't eat in my break because i'm so like head up and like stressed i can't eat during the break because i'm like i can't i just i'm too focused like i'm too like wired it's in. it's like an athletic event yeah right?
2: you know what i mean exactly. like, you're not going to
0: eat a sandwich at halftime of, of you know the basketball game or the football game exactly I mean,
2: some people i guess was,
0: was. i was gonna say may- <laughs> maybe i was gonna say back in the day when like jordan <laughs> and that were playing they're just smoking cigars and like whiskey in the back end. That <laughs> but, very different time very different time yeah. um but you know i it's just one of those things i really start with and you know what i imagine when you guys get on the camera as well because it's something that the moment you're recording something that's going to be put out there it's different than just a home game a home game is you know there's moments where someone like oh i'm I'm running to the bathroom pause for like a minute guys are like keep going i'll be back you know kind of thing or you know someone will do you know drop something or you know there'll be a a break where people will break character and be like oh did you see on this tv show you know kind of thing and that doesn't really happen when you're recording for a stream because you guys are locked in you guys are a bit more like zoned in it's a little bit of a different atmosphere i imagine but I also imagine when you guys get on video, you guys are going to be a lot more fun, a lot more animated. I imagine you and yourself will probably be a lot more animated, and I reckon your show will take a, a step up in terms of awesomeness and like integration. Yeah, like um, yeah. what's it called? Um, not integration. You mean like immersiveness? There yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very immersive. I reckon it'll be very, very immersive because you guys are already so interesting. Seeing you guys, I think, will make it so much more immersive. I sure. would just to build on that, like. Um,
2: Part of my work that I do outside of homing the dude is professional like leadership coaching and things like that. And here's, here's my breakdown. I think there is a drop off, but not a lot between in-person, like if I'm with someone in-person, I'd, let's say that's hundred percent. If I'm doing a video coaching session with them or a leadership uh, program with them, I think, I feel like the drop off is there because you don't have the behavioral cues as much. They're a little bit less obvious. Mm the energy, the in in space um, energy isn't quite as much as, as translatable on video. So I think there's a little bit of a drop off, but dude, from from video to audio, to just audio is not a lot of a drop off. Like if it's a hundred in person and 90 virtual, it's probably like 85, 87, just audio. So you're, and and you know what, your, your hearing is fucking turned up as well. So you're hearing cues like your your sensibility of your audio is has been turned up because your visual is is turned off in a you know in an audio podcast. So Daredevil style. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like to think that, you, especially in a in an audio podcast format, we do gain some advantages there, because for a myriad of reasons. Uh, I'm going to use the example of Have you guys listened to the Magnus Archives? I've just been absolutely obsessed with it of late uh it's uh, it's this it's an it's a horror podcast uh and it is some of the scariest shit i have like i have ever consumed it is terrifying and i mean i love scary movies and stuff but i don't find them that scary because it doesn't leave anything up to the imagination when whatever you can conjure in your head is like a scary image will a hundred million times be scarier than whatever some schmuck puts up on the screen True. So using that effect with audio, whenever I speak as Warren Morris, you don't imagine me as me anymore. You imagine me as some gunslinging cowboy. That's because you can't see me, right? You just you, ima- you have to imagine the scene yourself and kind of put that into perspective. And granted, the um, we do tend to uh, break character and whatnot to reference fucking Pride and Prejudice or whatever people have decided to talk about in the moment. Uh, it's, um, there's this, this kind of shift from seeing us less as distinct people, I guess, and more as podcasters or entities that you can put in different boxes, Mm uh, which is a little, I guess, dehumanizing, but not in a bad way. You know, you can kind Mm -hmm. of weaponize that to your own advantage, but you could really mess with it when you use like um just just pitching your audio down a little bit to change characters and whatnot uh yeah. can make a world of difference uh especially when you're dming it feels like totally different people uh you can even like drag in someone to do the like i i um uh the warlock dd podcast has me record some of the lines for some of the characters that awesome. they they send me like a script and then i'll like record I'll like a line or two uh, but the cool thing with just audio is you can do that. And some people won't even notice cause you're just yeah. invested. Uh, and that's such a strength for audio, but I, it does, I, I would agree. There is a bit of a drop off. Uh, do you know what I actually
0: do? You know, what's interesting is that whole pros and cons. And it's, it's something that I think the whole community is dealing with at the moment because, uh, not only just within the podcasting zone and the, the content consumption uh, part of, you know, our community, which is very much audio versus v- like video. And it's really interesting because some people are really favor the video because, you know, they might be a little bit more animated, but like you said, there's that theater of the mind audio approach that really does enhance that kind of thing. And what I, what I kind of wanted to ask you and actually frame this less about podcasting, more about how you actually play the game is you know with things like Tailspire coming out, and you've got Corridor Crew making things with you know Unreal Engine and stuff, and putting themselves in environments, and you know all these crazy VTTs coming out. Do you feel like Theater of the Mind is losing its place within our community? Do you feel like it's something that we as a community need to work hard to keep alive and keep you know the core of what this is about, which is just this can be told with dice, paper and pencils you don't need you know tokens and all this crazy shit how do you feel about that the the the, the new age versus the the theater of mind kind of stuff
1: uh i i'd say absolutely not of the mind is not going anywhere anytime soon and that is simply because it is so damn cheap you get a bunch of kids just sitting around with a dice rolling app they got for free on their phone a character sheet they typed up with some free information from classes from DD beyond you can play dungeons and dragons like that for yeah. free 100 for free you need no materials to play DD. and i mean you could just use theater of the mind and it's so much fun and granted they're adding so many cool new technologies like um what's the one where it's like AR where you get the glasses and you can see on the table, like these moving minis and shit physically. That's insane. That is, that's bad shit crazy to me, but I mean, (laughs) it'll never, in my opinion, like supplant the theater of the mind because these, these physical kind of artifacts that you have for uh, VTTs, augmented reality, minis, even dice. I know as, as sacrilegious as that is, they will, they're they're never gonna supplant the real kind of feeling of imagination because that's yeah. that's kind of the crux of really any tabletop game you know yeah. you do imagine yourself in a situation yeah so true
2: and i i'm, I'm just hard, like as you're saying that sam i'm thinking back like this all started with storytelling all the way back to like, I don't know if it's caveman days, but you know, around the campfire and there's the storyteller, there's the the bard, there's the, you know, the shaman all, you know, and that is how that's where we come from. And, and we still value the beautiful storyteller, the person that can captivate a room with their cadence, with their imagery, with their wording, all that stuff. And so that is, that is the essence of D and D and, and it will like, think about it this way. What would you fucking prefer? Brendan Lee Mulligan describing a scene to you or you fucking seeing it on a visual like replication, like there's no comparison, like the human delivery always wins. I mean, unless we get to the point with technology that it is so similar to the shit that we do, which we're not even close to. Then, then, humans win in, in that storytelling side of things.
0: Yeah, and it, it's one of those things as well that, like you said, we've been doing this for years, and it's something that I, I often chuckle to myself because you know we've had the D and D resurgence in the last like three, three, four years uh, after Stranger Things, you know, kind of really for some reason like that kicked everything off again. Yeah, and um, like it, it's interesting to me that you know over that time it's become so popular again on top of, you know, currently we have some of the greatest I'm going to say very lightly, because I do disagree with my own statement I'm about to say, but some of the greatest games that are being created for like, you know, Xboxes and Playstations and computers and all that are being created at the moment in terms of graphics wise and things like that. You know, if we're talking about technology wise, Mm -hmm. our phones are like the greatest they've ever been. Our laptops are the most powerful we can make them. You know, we've got virtual reality at this point. And yet somehow out of a 80 TV show that we watched, everyone was like, I want to play the thing where the kids are dressed up in like fucking wizards costume and roll dice and shit. And it's funny that as society, we came back through to storytelling again and sitting around a table and sharing stories. Um, It's one of those weird things that I think as humans, we just really gravitate to and we really like are absorbed by, which is why people don't mind sitting in the car and listening to a fucking podcast as they go to work you know and 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 doing things like that and i'm sure you know as a content consumer yourself you know i'm sure you agree with that notion it's just we love to hear stories whether they're fantasy or horror or whatever you know it's just what we love
1: yeah and i mean obviously you got to give like visual storytellers a lot of credit i mean I am a huge fan of like A24 films, that kind of style mm. of visual yeah. storytelling where they just leave a lot kind of ambiguous in uh, the. It's just, it's show don't tell, right? You yeah. can't do that with Dungeons and Dragons. And people might say that's a detriment. Mm. I would heavily disagree. It's an entirely different medium of this active storytelling, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's, it's so great that this, this has kind of been developed. Because it, it, it more or less diffuses the responsibility of needing any sort of plot or whatnot, or any sort of drive from a singular person. You can, as a DM, you can give somebody a setting, you can give them a plot hook. You can say, oh, your father was this ancient wizard, and now he's come back from the grave. Who fucking cares? I, I, I don't care but if that's my dad if that's my character's dad holy shit my dad's back from the dead i'm gonna go do something about that because it's a story it's exciting i'm putting myself in the shoes of a character and especially with storytelling in general you empathize with characters but with DD, that is the it's the next level because you are the character it's like it's like first degree empathy or some something like that i don't even know if that's a thing but (laughs) it is now i don't know yeah do you know i i fully agree with you and it's why you know let's let's
0: let's not get it twisted before movies were a thing it was books and you know before books it was scrolls and before scrolls it was hide and you know we've we've written characters and stories and you know these these great tales and you know if you go back to you know mythology there's you know tales of heroes and this and weirdly now as we've come into the modern era we've kind of understood a bit more of the minutiae of storytelling and stuff and so like you said sitcom characters are relatable you know people are making you know black widow has you know a soft spot in her movie you know where she's you know down to earth and people are like oh cool like i can relate with scarlett johansson you know and it's it's one of those things again that like you said you know as humans we we want to be able to connect with a plot we want to go on the Fellowship's journey as they travel through Middle-earth. We want to be right there next to Frodo telling him that, you know, Gollum, is he's fucking you over, you're <laughs> fucked, you know, kind of thing. We, we want to be there. And I think, like you said, with DD, it's that step further. It's even more immersive than games because even with games, it's like movies are one thing. Games is one step closer. And if that, you control the actions of the character. You don't get to really make audio decisions. You don't really get to break out of whatever... Heavy plot line there is unless it's a, an open world game but even then things like Skyrim and things like that are still very you know boxed in uh, with what you can do DD especially if you play sandbox even more so than like a heavy campaign-driven campaign driven uh, campaign or like a setting is fr- it's so free you're so immersed it's it's the like you said it's the truest form of empathy with a character of connecting with something with developing a world and growing it and building it and exploring there's nothing more like real than than i think dnd in terms of like immersing yourself into something or i say dnd but tabletop games you know role-playing games whether it be vampire mm. or cthulhu or you know dnd or pathfinder whatever your version of that is when you're in that moment oh, it's hard to it's hard to describe anything that is, is equal to that um, in the world of content that exists i'm just thinking like
2: this feels almost like and this is the first time i thought about this but tell me what you guys think about this is dnd a way to get people that normally would be hesitant about like acting or improv acting to actually do something like that so you're sitting at a table you're playing a game with your friends but in actuality when you look at this when you strip it away yes There are confines to to D&D, there's rules and there's mechanics and there's all this other stuff. But to improv, like to real improv, there's also mechanics, there's a a framework of the scene. Okay, this is the scene, this is the topic, fucking go, right? And that's all happening. So to some extent, they are related. Like, that whole scene
0: of... Are you saying at, uh, at Italia Conti in London they should be running D- <laughs> D&D sessions for, for, for their level two graduates? Yeah. Like, do you know, I, I, actually, I actually love that. I, like, if my... Because I had an improv teacher. If she had been like, yo, we're going to do improv for, like... We, we have a three-hour class. We're going to do, like, an hour of, like, actual improv and then two hours of D&D. Holy shit, I'd, I would probably be a lot better... At at it than i am now but also like in terms of improv and like reaching that state over long extended periods of time because you can do an improv scene that you know lasts maybe five minutes ten minutes but you're not sat at a table for hours and hours having to force yourself to continually put yourself in that state i think i would have been better at improv than i am now if i had done that for for years maybe one for acting teachers who are listening to consider (laughs) (laughs) and one that maybe would inspire more people to take active yeah i didn't i didn't really think of the connection but it it feels like it's there uh yeah i I have a question for you in terms of you know you you've gone from you know uh higher like fantasy you know kind of campaign with your with your ring bearers chronicles to now this this western you know uh with your sinner saga um what was the what? What was your kind of reasoning for hopping genres and and transferring to something else? And do you think for your next campaign? I know you're very much in the early stages of this one, <laughs> but do you think you'll hop genre again? Do you think that will be a trend across your campaigns?
1: Most definitely. Uh, I I think that really just making them distinct uh, mm-hmm. it lends a lot of credence to kind of like. Um, just what you're listening to. Um, I mean, we, we've taken a lot of inspiration from shows like Dimension 20, uh, The Adventure Zone. Uh, they're, they're very different between campaigns. Uh, and I love that. I think that's so much fun to have these different kind of experiences in these different worlds. Uh, and I mean, particularly like for Westerns, I love Westerns so much. I cannot stress it enough. I, that is probably my favorite genre of film uh and the just just kind of doing like shifting to this i was super excited uh it's a ton of fun but then i mean next season i don't even know if we're gonna play dnd we might do like monster of the week in space i don't know uh bounty maybe some bounty hunter kind of shit that's a great idea i might actually might actually write <laughs> that one down <laughs> <There's so laughs> many <of
0: them>. dude, <laughs> dude 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 Dude, but like the the Boba Fett story, but from your guys' angle, that would be <laughs> fucking. Oh, that could be cool. I feel, I feel cool. that. Dude. That's a, a group of bounty hunters that get together. That sounds. That sounds. Or even a group of bounty hunters that get together who are competing against one another but have to come together as a team to work together though at the end of it one of them gets the fucking do you know what i mean like kind of
2: like the nightcrawler like you're competing against each other but then maybe the build on nightcrawlers let's let's work together to be like the baddest nightcrawlers out there and then at the end i
0: don't know that's hot (laughs) that's hot i love it yeah i love it nice (laughs) i like Um, it i like it so that's interesting you know and first of all westerns are great you know and and you, so you can you can look at everything from the old school westerns all the way through to you know the modern like django on chains that are being released these days and like you know uh what, what's it called like undisputed seven or whatever the chris brown mm-hmm. one that they did recently and shit oh
1: magnificent uh, seven
0: right? yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it yeah yeah. That's <laughs> and um you know th- there's a such a plethora of 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 content to choose from from there and 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 References to pull on, and then something that I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've been a DM. You're not a DM for this season, but you have been a DM. Um, uh, a saying I heard was, "A DM is only as good as their obscure references that they that they base things on." Is that something that you would agree with, and something that you like? <laughs> you, you would kind of pull on as well, and 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 agree with.
1: Yes, I would <laughs> most definitely. That is <laughs> that is a really good turn of phrase. Uh yeah. I think cuz I I had um Alex do some homework and watch some westerns cuz he's seen a few. Uh like and in terms of modern westerns like the genre itself you, you might think it's kind of constricted to like you know post civil war uh like okay. western territory. But that's not true. Because there's neo-Western, like No Country for Old Men. That's a neo-Western. Yeah. We're talking yeah. Logan is technically a Western. The Mandalorian is a space Western. The genre is great because it what it is, is, is so you boil it down to its bare bones. You, you strip away like the civil war discourse and whatever. And you get very simple stories of redemption or revenge. And you get very nuanced characters in them. And you get them, and their interactions with each other are very complex. And that is what kind of drives these films. And, I mean, of course, there's some awesome action set pieces. And you've got, like, a duel that lasts. Like, I mean, probably my favorite scene in film is the ending to The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. And if you haven't seen it, spoilers, so I guess skip five seconds. Uh, (laughs) But the ending is just, it is six minutes of three guys staring at each other. Six minutes. But what they do is the score is fantastic. And you are at the edge of your seat, just waiting for these three people who you've seen for the past three hours try to kill each other, finally at this graveyard. And it is ecstatic. It is the coolest shit ever. And I cannot, like, I can't stress enough how cool it is for a culmination of characters versus a culmination of plot. I much prefer that to the other. Amazing.
2: I was just gonna say like thinking about the good, the bad and the ugly. Clint Eastwood effectively has made a career on space on like a beats, right? He, like if you think about some of his most iconic lines that he's delivered, it's
0: also that close-up cut, that like look as he turns. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's, the, <laughs> the beat isn't just in the the music, or the, it's also in the filmmaking, and the style at which the cameras being True. used as well. And the yeah, the music as well. Yeah, exactly. So there is,
2: you know, there is an element of uh, interesting cinematography, acting, um, voice delivery. All of that creates that that mood. That's pretty cool that you don't need a lot going on. Like the last scene of the good, bad, good, and the bad, and the ugly, there's not a lot of like tremendous dialogue or fucking
0: CGI or
2: fucking, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's close-ups. there's, you know, a little bit of, del- and you're, you're here, you're feeling the emotion and the tension as the
0: whole thing unfolds. It's a really, really, really good example.
2: Really yeah. nice. Example.
0: And do you know what I-, I wanted to ask you based on all this Western stuff, is there a point in this campaign at which it is revealed to you guys as characters that are that you are indeed robots in a world where people <laughs> come and and come and like use you to to get out their sins and like uh, and that's and... <laughs>
1: i i guarantee you alex will make at least one westward reference in this campaign i can i would bet i would bet money on that i <laughs> um, but i mean we already have fucking robots in it kind of That's so true. yeah, yeah. I, I think i think yeah i totally could see that at least be kind of a twist uh oh that one hasn't come out yet no I, so I'll, I'll uh i'll uh wait for that to reveal itself but there's a weird connection that was kind of brought up between mm-hmm. the first season and the second season oh so yeah i and it's is weird <laughs> the well, mind well, of Sean Grinzel is an enigma I will just say that much <laughs> it is, I don't know what goes dude, on in there
2: this is what your fans really I mean they love to to see like little like you know um how about your mother is great at oh, like you know the following oh. season will reference a conversation that happened one season or two seasons before but, the, you know, the fans, they love like the super geek fans love that shit. And um, to have those kind of
0: references going back and forth is, is super cool. I mean, there's, there's a moment in Critical Role Campaign 2, if I remember correctly, where they meet uh, Keyleth's mother, I believe, for the first time. They never met her in Campaign 1, but they meet her for the first time in Campaign 2 as different characters. And it's this moment where everyone went nuts. I remember the stream just going off the fucking chain. I remember like the cast just being like, what the fuck? (laughs) And like everyone just going nuts. And it was one of those moments where, you know, they've drawn a line across two campaigns and it's made this super deep kind of lore. And it's almost like intersected. I really like that. I think that's, that's really, really awesome. Um, I want to kind of, segue now into to something a little bit different and, and ask you uh, a question to kind of lead up what what will what we'll lead into but i want to ask you to start off with can you give me the exact formula or maybe the formula minus the secret the secret sauce to writing a shitty idea post on <laughs> twitter what is what is your like okay so today i'm gonna do a class and i'm going to mm-hmm. do this like What's the secret formula? You can leave out the secret sauce if there is secret sauce, because obviously we don't wanna we don't want anyone else to capture the the magic. <laughs> so,
1: so I hate to be a Disney uh, mentor here, but there is no secret sauce. The secret sauce is love. No, but seriously. Um <laughs> Dude, I, all right, well, yeah. that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Great seeing you, Sam. Fucking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so my process is i am an absolute adhd gremlin i uh, that that is a really kind of effect in my life previously for the worse uh when i didn't know what the hell was going on up in the big old chromodome but then shift to now twitter is built for adhd people dear lord it is our sanctum cuz it's these little bite-sized pieces of information you can just churn out and so what i do is i will usually just uh in the morning it's really good after i work out because then you got the endorphins going what i do is i put on like a soundtrack to a movie or something it might be like the social network or some fast jazz or something just to really kind of stimulate my brain mm-hmm. and then i write a shitty idea and i guarantee you first one never good it's always just horrible but that's yeah. why Shady can be whatever I want, because that way I can have anything fall into those parameters and people yeah. won't give me shit for it. Uh, but I and mean, the first one, it'd be like a goblin who wears pants. I don't know. It's not a good character idea. I probably wouldn't pay that. I'd play a goblin with all of their clothes, most likely. <laughs> but then the way my brain kind of works is that Goblin with pants, I'm like pants pants armor armor artificer my mind kind of starts churning out like you can see the steam coming out of my ears per se and then the next idea is a little bit better next one's a little bit better than that one and it kind of in the span of about 15 minutes i probably make around 10 ideas if i set aside that time at the beginning of the day and then i post them throughout the day so it's not like i just have inspiration that just strikes me well, that, that rarely that does happen, but usually I force myself to kind of be like, "All right, be creative, you son of a bitch. Let's go, come on." Yeah. Uh, and then I just kind of, I I just kind of pump them out. I don't really know how to describe it. They just kind of, um, like, th- this is like the ul- this is like my uh, my ultimate kind of uh, coalescing of my brain functions and how my mind works, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like a D and and especially this like ADHD bite-sized version of it, uh, is just perfect, I guess, for just the way my, my brand works. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's, let's put out like 10 ideas and then I'll make some memes, I guess, from like mm-hmm. templates on Reddit or something, but those, those aren't fun. I mean, they might get more likes, but just because people like memes, but I, I love the shitty ideas more than I like the memes. Mm-hmm. uh because you know i mean they're for the most part uh, original and i mean i say that with a grain of salt because nothing really is anymore you know somebody's done it before let's let's be real honest
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: but yeah that's that's my process i i can't really give any Thanks. sort of secret thing do you,
0: do you know what's interesting that I really like about what you said and I actually want to ask you a little bit about your workout and stuff because uh though it's though it seems like a minor thing I feel like there's two types of creatives in the world or there, there there's a couple of different types of creatives and and there's two there's two that I can definitely like from from what we're talking about now um there's there's often the like um what I'd call like the damaged creative or like the the, the injured creative that is like you know I create from my suffering. My, my girlfriend, bro, it's Adele. It's Adele. My boyfriend broke <laughs> up with me, so I wrote another album. Um, and you know, it's 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 that basically, and it's it's one of those things where people will often, you know, create. You know, whether it be using, you know, some drugs in some ways, like the Beatles, or you know, they'll create through the pain or stuff like that. But there's this other breed of creatives and it sounds very much like you fit into this other breed of creatives that, um, you know, I put people like, sadly, as much as, you know, I'm, I'm slowly becoming not, not a fan of this person much at, at this point at all. Joe Rogan in of themselves, um, though he is, you know, whatever person personality wise, he works really hard and creatively. He sees it as a science as opposed to Um, you know, uh, uh, something that kind of happens magically through inspiration, uh, sees it as like, if you work out, you're releasing endorphins and serotonin, which allows you to be more creative anyway. Also, just by exercising and whatnot, you're in a happier headspace. So it means that again, you're in a better state of mind to do that. Then the fact that you mentioned, you know, you're listening to some like jazz and some stuff like that to like really stimulate your mind and things like that to get you working and, and get the cogs kind of turning. That kind of mentality, and I like, I just want to share this with you is not something that I know. I've met a lot of creatives, not many of them are thinking like that in that kind of way of like, it's a science. I know that if I do this and I do this, then when I sit down at the piece of paper, it's going to be easier for me. And a lot of people don't do it like that. So I want to ask you, what kind of a workout are you doing? Are you doing like a lot of high cardio? Are you doing like weights? What type of jazz are you listening to? Are we talking like '20s jazz? Are we talking more like R and B jazz of the '90s? Like, what kind of shit are you listening to? Explain. Talk us through that kind of process that gets you to being creative.
1: Yeah. So i I, I kind of preface this with I come from um, this kind of my my high school years sucked so bad. I despised high school because I didn't know what I needed to kind of, to make my brain work. You know, I, I was being put through these classes that were hard for me because I was being forced to learn in a way that I, I just, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really kind of mesh with the way that that kind of education was presented to me. Yeah. That's, but that's now familiar.
0: that's familiar to me as well. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> so I, I had a very similar upbringing, mm. that I struggled with school. Until I kind of found my rhythm, so I fully understand that. Sorry. Well, yeah,
1: you, you have to you have to find your rhythm, and for me, uh, it, it's 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 the absence of things that would not necessarily distract me, but the absence of things that would impair me. Like I don't I don't drink, I do drugs. I just give up pop and sugar because I guess I'm some sort of masochist. Um, but it, it's like I know I need to have a clear head in order to be creative. Uh, and exercising and music has really kind of uh, emerged as two ways that I really need to kind of activate my brain per se. Uh, and so for exercise, what I usually do is uh, I do something like I guess it's kind of like baby CrossFit. I guess mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of it's like strength and then cardio, mm-hmm. uh, and then Sundays all blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love boxing it is it's probably my favorite uh way to work out just absolutely just beating the shit out of a bag usually i don't i don't like to hit other people just because you know i don't like people to be angry at me (laughs) or anything like that but um just just slamming a bag and just like i'll have like the doom eternal soundtrack on and just enter this like berserk state that is so good for me like that relieves so much of my stress uh and then i'll uh, and then i'll just you know come back to wherever i am i probably won't even shower i'll probably just be sitting in my own sweat while i'm making these ideas because you know i'm like i'm like in the zone still uh and i am a i love soundtracks that is i mean my spotify wrapped was like dude you listen to way too many soundtracks you got to listen to real music uh but I, like, I mean, Hans Zimmer, like Ennio Morricone, uh, we're talking Lauren Balfe, Johan Johansson, rest in peace. Uh, all sorts of people who make these instrumentals. Those put my mind to work like nothing else. Uh, and specifically, what are some songs I really use? Like the Social Network soundtrack. Uh, one, brilliant film. Two, uh, is by uh, Trent Reznor from Nine Snails. And Atticus Ross yeah and it's this really cool like synthy sounding soundtrack that really draws from these like unique like kind of rhythms and like these thrummings from like some like technological thing and it like just shows progress and it really gets it makes my brain do the happy dance because I'm like oh okay let's let's do the thing uh, and then for jazz I mean the cowboy bebop soundtrack is like second to none I mean you get those horns in there I mean come on uh <laughs> I, and then uh i love the um the big band arrangement of caravan from whiplash with like the drum solo at the end because then my yeah. mind's like the drum solo was like Boo, i'm like oh okay and then i'm like uh i i guess kind of describe my brain as like a little gremlin you gotta gotta feed the gremlin as a little food you know whether it be music yeah. or working out uh and yeah i just kind of found the process to feed my gremlin i guess and that's that
0: do you know what that that's fucking great way to describe it uh, like that's an awesome way to describe it is, is feeding your gremlin and a couple of things i just wanted to talk about through that that are really cool that we need we need to touch on a couple of these i'll things. go on as well let's, let's get go. Go. we need to touch on boxing because we do mma and boxing that's like our thing we need to touch on boxing in a minute um but i also just want to touch on horns and jazz music and specifically horns in jazz music i was literally saying to my partner uh last night um i was like look As far as music goes, there is, for me, two instruments. I said three, but mainly two instruments for me that, like, i it's not that I can feel them. I understand what they're saying. Like, I legitimately understand the words that the instrument is speaking to me. I said, that's electric guitar. I said, it's horns and it's piano. Piano less so than horns and electric guitar for me. But I would say electric guitar and horns are just one of those things that, if you rip a bit of horns in a jazz song, it doesn't matter. Like I'm instantly just like tuned in. It, like, zo- like you said, it's one of those things that just elevates the human condition and brings you up in a way that is so hard to explain. And again, I feel the same thing. When you hear a lick on a guitar, you hear like a Hendrix lick or you hear like a John Fruciante riff or something, you know, and you're like, oh.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh dear yeah. God,
0: like something inside of me is just like, oh yeah. Um, so I fully, fully feel you on the uh on the horns thing and like getting some like really nice jazz. Cause again, for me, Tom knows this. When I read books, I have to have music on uh to help me like focus when I'm writing. Yeah. I have to have music on when I'm writing, I have to have music on when I'm like creating. It's just it's literally my creative process. I had When I was doing my exams at school, I was one of the few kids I like fought my like school so that I could have music during my exam and stuff like that. And was like really adamant about that stuff. So I I fully agree with you that music is if if anyone hasn't tried music to help you create or to uh, influence creation or drive creation or even energize creation, I fully recommend music as something to do that. Yeah, it's key to that. In terms mm-hmm. of boxing, yes, massive release obviously of energy. Um, I would, you know, put it in the realms of, you know, for some people like street dance, you know, martial arts, you know, uh, like singing in public, you know, things like that, where people are like getting out that energy and really like letting out something from within them. Um, how did you find boxing, and 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 why why out of all of the martial arts did you choose the the, the gloves and pads? What 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 got you to the uh, what got you to the sweet science?
1: so i'd like to preface this by saying i watch basically no sports so if you throw names Mm -hmm. at me besides like mayweather or like (laughs) mike tyson i'm gonna be like huh uh but so why boxing i for when i was a kid i did like five or six years of uh karate and jujitsu And I was all right. I wasn't like good or anything. Uh, And back then my body was kind of built for running. I ran a lot of like, that was my thing in high school. I ran half marathons. uh, I ran cross country. uh, But then my feet started to fall apart because now I have plantar fasciitis and I need insoles at all times, which Um, sucks bad because I do enjoy. I enjoy a bit of running, but no, I really can't. So then I was like, I was sitting there, sophomore year of high school, probably my lowest point in my life. And I wasn't working out. I felt like piece of shit on the stick. And my mom, who is a, who's a fucking machine, by the way, I'm scared of my mom. She works out more than I do. She, she, she's like, listen, you and I are working out. There's a kickboxing gym that just opened. I'm like, mom. And she's like, no, we're doing this. So we went to this kickboxing gym run by this like four foot six little Russian guy who was the most muscular man I've ever seen. Uh, And it really kind of got me into it. And it wasn't like strictly boxing. It was it was like this. It's called it was called nine round and it was like these little nine rounds of like it was just like three second like not three second jesus that'd be quick three minute rounds where you would just do a repetitive exercise you know like speed bag or yeah. like just hooks or whatever yeah. and you would just move around the bags uh but then i uh went to title for a bit title boxing yeah. uh and that was great i really loved title um because the trainers were hardcore as fucking hell. Uh mm. and uh I I love like I mean my favorite punch, probably a very common choice, is like the right hook. The right hook <laughs> just feels so powerful. Like you feel like I like like just releasing like, a guttural scream as I just land that <laughs> thing into the bag. That 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 feeling is second to none. Um, but then the pandemic hit <laughs> and I couldn't go to title anymore. I was like, this sucks. So mm. then, my mom and I found like this weird CrossFit esque gym uh, that I'm still at today. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, and then over the summer, I mean, I'm I'm a gig worker. You know, I can't really stay at one place for too long. Mm. I did landscaping over the summer. And I think the only thing that I've ever found comparable to boxing in terms of just physical release is when they would hand me an ax and just tell me, we need you to rip out that tree. And I'm like, Oh, let's go. This is the best. Just, just absolutely tearing it apart. Um, But yeah, boxing, I think that is easily my favorite way to work out for sure.
2: Amazing! You know what I love about this conversation and especially that you two guys are in your, you're in your early to mid twenties, Sam, I'm I'm assuming. Um, Yeah. And Bodhi's the same Um, is that you're figuring out, like I, I it's taken me probably a longer progression in my life journey to get to a place where you're starting to unlock things. So you call it, you're, you know, feeding your gremlins or trying to figure out your gremlins. (laughs) It's a super, super important journey to have of, you know, if you look at this body, including the mind and all the physical aspects of it. It's kind of like a machine. It's kind of like this, you know, this finite, you know, problem solving equation. And our job or one of our jobs is to figure out how to optimize that, right? So that we can get the most out of it. Of and that is a journey. Like, in, you know, at times we're completely failing, especially like in our 20s, those failures can be really, really severe where we're, you know, we have, we, we haven't figured it out and what might be like a, what should be a 15 minute crash turns into a three week crash because I just couldn't cope with it. And what you're, what you're doing is slowly like, you know, adjusting your system so that you can build the resilience to have this machine work more optimally. And I love that you guys are talking about that because this has been a huge thing for me. And I feel like my machine at this point, I know it well, I know it really well. And I can, you know, I can go day after day after day with a certain amount of, uh, of, of a standard that allows the output to be at a, you know, at a nine, at a 9.5. My bad days are an 8.5, you know, whereas my bad days before where I was crawling on the ground for a couple of weeks and I couldn't figure it out and I was beating myself up because, it, because of it, because I should, I felt like I should be smarter than this. I should be able to figure this fucking shit out. So there's an element of like being kind to ourselves during the journey, but also understanding that that's really part of what our job is here. Because I know like, for instance, my dad, I don't think ever had that kind of perspective, that kind of reflection on like, you know, he just was like stuck in this loop for fucking 75 years, you yeah. know, and it just, and it didn't, there wasn't a lot of progression that I could see. And there's a lot of people that are in that camp, you know?
1: Yeah, those are some of the wisest words I've heard in a long time, because Good. I, my, um my experience is very directly tied to that. Uh, I... This might get a little serious. So apologies. No, please, please do. No, please do. I so you you say that like I, I've like kind of figured out where I am. I, I mean I haven't, but I, I'm definitely much further along than I was. And that's all that kind of matters, you know? It's a journey before a destination. Uh and but back in high school, sophomore year was the worst year of my life, without a singular doubt. I was incredibly depressed. Uh, I attempted mid December, of 2016, uh, and my life was garbage and it Mm. really looking back, it wasn't, you know, I had everything I could possibly want. I was going to a great school, but it was just, I didn't know who I remotely was. I didn't know Mm. how to make myself work, you know, because I'd only been given things that didn't fit with my puzzle piece, I guess. And, that felt awful because I felt like I was some dumb idiot person for not being able to conform to like this, the standards and expectations and the ways of thinking of other people who have no idea how I work, you know? And that was, and I mean, I've, I've gone to therapy and whatnot. Highly recommend it, by the way, go to therapy. Great experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, I kind of came to appreciate that life is more than just being useful. It's more than just being something, you know? You have to kind of I and mean, when you talk about optimizing yourself, it's not a, it's it's not just about being useful and performing well at your job, it's about performing well to yourself, right? That introspection. And seeing who you are, where you've come from, and taking that all into account when you think of how to even respond to somebody in the most inane shit is so important. Because then you you get people who are, who just, who haven't, I'm not going to say haven't figured it out, but haven't had the chance to figure it out. People who've been stuck in that loop of like, oh, I'm... A man or oh I'm a woman And this is the way my life is This is the way X Y and Z Expects me to be Fuck that shit man Don't Mm. be what people expect you to be Be what you expect you to be Be what you are You know, And that is such a tough thing to find out It is Mm. probably the hardest Discovery I've ever had to make in my life Uh, And I have Barely chipped away The surface of that Uh, But it's you know, it's a journey. It's a, it's a journey yeah. before it's a destination. And those you know are what? some incredibly wise yeah. words.
0: Do you know what as well? Like, f- first of all, um, you said 2016, um, mm-hmm. same year as me. I, I also tried to commit in 2016. It was, mm-hmm. uh, it was a really rough year for me as well, actually. And uh, it was in my, um, my it would have been my, my sophomore, no, not my sophomore. It would have been my, uh, my junior year of high school was, was mm-hmm. the one for me. And um, it was a really hard year for me. Um, I really struggled. And it was that same thing of not knowing who I was. And I think actually, I'll I'll be honest, it wasn't that I didn't know who I was. I knew who I was. And it had been that I'd been lying to myself and to everyone else for so long about who I was that Mm -hmm. when I finally wanted to be me and was trying to search to find that real core me, there was so little of it left that I had lost so much of the essence of who I am now sat in front of you, and like who the person that I've refound pretty much over the last five, six years of my life. You know, um, it's it takes time. It really does, and it it's something that if you don't start working on, it will never come to you as well. Like like I was I was a jock and I was an asshole in college, uh, in high school. I was I was a not a great person, and I really dislike who I was back then. And. It took me a long time to realize that, you know, that's not who I am. That's not what I want to be. And it's not what people deserve from me. And it's not what I deserve from myself. I'm better than that. And I deserve to be better than that. And I can be better than that. And I think, like you said, it's one of those things that it is a journey. And you begin to chip away at understanding yourself. You know, I'm, I'm 22, uh, uh, sorry, 23, turning 24, literally later this month. And um, I would say... Thank you. Um, And, you know, I have worked out a bit more about myself. I'm nowhere near as, like, you know, worried about my image and stuff like that. I'm a lot more confident about myself, but I still have a lot of downfalls. I have a minor drug addiction that I deal with. You know, I have some other bits and bobs that I deal with. I have some demons that I battle um, on on, on the side of the stuff. And I'm still working myself out to get to a point where. I can be the full version of myself closer to, you know, what Tom has been able to achieve across his life. Um, and it's something that, you know, and, and, you know, we talk highly of this and it, Tom took many years of his life for people that don't know, like we do father and son stuff, which is great. We look like, you know, oh we're happy father and son. But up until I was 16, we hated each other. Mm. We, we were not friends. We did yeah. not get along. We could not be in the same room for more than a day together. There were times where we would go weeks without speaking to each other. It was an awful relationship. And until you started looking at yourself and meditating and setting an example for me to look inwards, I then started looking inwards. And we both came to a place where we realized it was just all bullshit, all superficial and all crap. And we managed to find that place where we can do this together now, where we are happy to be father and son. And like you said, to find that journey to, Find out how you operate, how you do best and things like that. And dude, I'm 24 and I'm, I have, for example, my two best friends who I know for a fact are not going to watch this video, so I don't mind saying this, <laughs> um, but they um, are a lot further behind me in terms of discovering who they are. You know, One of them is just—you know just dropped out of university for the first time and started his second course at university because he's struggling to find out what he wants. The other one has been trying to work out how to be an actor for a while and is really just struggling with that as well. I'm further than them, but then the next person, for example, yourself or someone else down the line is further than me. And so, like you said, it is a journey and it's one of those ones that we just have to keep chugging along and knowing that as long as we're working towards it, things are going to keep getting better. Life is going to get easier and life is going to be more happy. For you in the long run If you begin working on yourself And it's not a fun process And it takes a fucking long time But it's worth it It's super worth it
1: Yeah I I am of the school of thought That wisdom is simply the knowledge we gain from pain mm-hmm. And really that it's, it's, it's a lot easier to be wise when you're old Because <laughs> I mean you just got a longer landing strip You know uh and i I was the same way with my dad. I didn't hate him, but he was busy. He was really distant. you know, I barely talked to him about anything really i didn't I didn't know him uh and i mean i was I was really close with my mom, but my dad that was not the case, but I don't know what changed. I think it was because we had to stay home for the pandemic uh but now my dad is like my dad's dope he, he like <laughs> he's like he helps me out with like like the twitter and whatnot he gives me ideas for like the podcast he's super supportive of all this like nerdy shit which i would if if you if you have gone back five years and told me that i would have laughed in your face but he's just it's like it's like we've both grown into this relationship with each other and like i love him so much now and it's crazy how this like kind of relationship just sprouted from some, some experience that was really painful. You know uh, I, I think weirdly, I, I know this is a weird thing to say, but the pandemic brought me really close with my family when I was living with them, uh, which I know has not been the case for a lot of people. I, I think I lucked out severely there, yeah. but yeah, like my brother who I haven't seen in a while now, cause he's at college, we've gotten very close as of late and i think it's just as time kind of progresses you know you just you just kind of figure out how to trim off the excess i guess yeah. especially in relationships and figure out what really matters you know yeah like like i figure out like hey i, I don't want to be in this place where my dad and i really talk about anything you know yeah. Yeah. and now and now he'll he'll send me shitty ideas that he likes for me to post <laughs> and it's Amazing. great he hasn't even played he's played D D once and yet he knows more about classes than any newbie ever would <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so cool yeah. uh oh shit i don't have it but um the uh if you've been following me for a while you you might have seen the um Infinity gauntlet which is the thanos glove with like the dice on it yeah. the, if you press it they glow he made that for me as a as a present Dude, it's like so. the coolest shit ever <laughs> uh, and like I I don't know. It's just broadening your horizons with time is just like it's diff- it's very difficult, but it's like opening this like cocoon. Yeah. But you're screaming the whole time. Dear Lord, you're screaming the whole fucking time. <laughs> but, but, but once you're open, you're a beautiful butterfly. You don't have to scream anymore. Maybe a little bit, but then yeah. you spread your wings.
0: Yeah. I fully do you know what? I fully, fully agree with that. And I think. You know, it's, it's essential that, you know, you, you, you can begin to work on some of that stuff and, and, and grow as a person because it really does develop life into something that's a lot more beautiful. And, you know, that for, from what it sounds like, you and your dad are, you know, bonding. And something else about the pandemic, like shit. The one thing that I am bummed out about most is like, I know there's been really shitty situations. Like, don't get me wrong. There's been death mm-hmm. across the world and families have been torn asunder Um, you know, from, you know, each other and from, you know, loved ones and partners and relationships and everything. But if we can find the good nuggets in this time that have been the beneficial things that we have had, like me and my girlfriend got, you know, nearly a year where we didn't have to work really because of English furlough. And we could literally live together and spend time together. And you know, make forts to watch movies in the lounge, you know, and, you know, go, go for crazy long walks and, you know, actually like really indulge in spending time together and not have to work for a little bit. And I think it's one of those things where if you can find a benefit out of this pandemic, it's something that is also really, really good. And, you know, whatever that might be, if it's like, oh, well, You know, in your country, you can only visit one person. You know, maybe you and your best friend suddenly become a lot freaking closer because you're the only two people that can see each other. You know, and it's one of those things that, at the end of all of this, try and look back on something good, and it will feel a lot better than than the shit stuff that we have been encountering over the last two, three years. And it
1: it has been a shit show. It really, really has. (laughs) And and you're telling me, I live in America.
0: (laughs) You say, you guys, you guys in America are. Are truly oh we well, are truly boned. Um, <laughs> we <we'll laughs> say that as Americans, by the way. I was gonna say, yeah, say, saying yeah. that as
1: Americans. Oh as my well. god. <laughs>
0: um, talking about shitty, I think this is a great place to pivot towards your beautiful, beautiful Kickstarter campaign that was funded in amazing. Uh, w- was it six hours or six days? I, I,
1: six hours.
0: Which, six hours. I was gonna say. I knew it was one of the two. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Six hours. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely amazing. And. It is called um, the shitty not, the shitty not compendium. There we go. Yes. The shitty not compendium, which I absolutely love. Um, I've read a little bit about it, and I've like had a little bit of a look at it and whatnot. Can you give the people who are listening a little bit of a breakdown about what it is, what it was inspired by, and uh, and what 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 they can hope to find if they go and back this with twenty days left to back, guys. So you still got some time to go grab your own <laughs> version. Um, and, and all that kind of stuff help get to stretch goals, all that good shit as well. Yeah, uh,
1: I love people throwing money at me, so by all means, please. <laughs> but uh, I, I should, yeah, I'd love to describe it. So, uh, what essentially happened was probably around April, people started saying like, "Oh, you should have a book of all these fun little ideas." And I'm mm. like, "Ah, oh, maybe." Uh, but mm. my dad's like, "You idiot! You could make money doing this." And I'm like what Uh, (laughs) so so, and then i i i what what i was originally planning on doing is just copy and pasting these ideas you know just having like this big list of all of them i'm like that's not fun you know uh, Mm. just having ideas so what i did is i added this um kind of creative supplement and what i really have kind of the selling point of this book is that there are no step blocks None. There's no mm. numbers. There's no math, and that might seem like a detriment. Maybe it is. I don't know. But <laughs> when you when you are in possession of this book, you will have ideas with no attachments. They are yours to do whatever you'd like with.
0: Uh, mm. So,
1: with say the case of the shitty items, there's like fifty of them in there. What um. I have like you might be thinking, holy shit! This item is so broken. This is an artifact. Make it an artifact, then, man. I don't care if this yeah. is this is your responsibility now. Uh, but it, it is. These are things that you can mold and create whatever you'd like with them. Just spreading your wings and just flying with. Like maybe I don't want this to be a cleric. Maybe it should be a rogue instead. Man, go for it. This is this book's yours now. You own the book congrats um <laughs> but the, the the gist of it is it's a creative supplement that is inspiration based as opposed to mechanics based mm-hmm. uh because i mean i've seen like a ton of books and i don't and i'm not shitting on them by any means it takes a lot of work to write a mechanically sound dnd supplement like, yeah. play testing and all sorts of stuff i do not envy that but <laughs> you just kind of attacking it from the creative side where like, I have all these intros for every single thing. Like every single class has one, every single, like, like for the items, for the like monsters plot hooks, even I have like these intro questions, like what makes your barbarian, like, is there, is your barbarians rage anger or is it focus? Is it fear-based? Like Mm. how, how does like how to build a character with traits as opposed to with mechanics uh and i just i kind of like really extrapolated on that and i have i mean obviously it's comedic based so i swear a bunch of it because that's my vernacular and um you know i i just i i you know try not to shit talk ranger now that's been updated uh and whatnot but yeah it's uh, <laughs> It's a fun time. It's a fun time. You should you should totally back it, I think. I, coming from my a- expert and non-biased opinion. <laughs> do you know what? It,
0: it sounds really, really creative, and it's interesting how you've kind of talked about it. So um, I'm not sure if you've seen kind of what Tom and I do in terms of supplements. We make, uh, we make NPC characters, and um, along with the NPC characters, you get, like, a backstory. So if you want to, like, throw in some plot hooks, you can do. You also get... Um, Uh, as well as like their stat blocks and stuff like that. You also do get special features that are um, almost like you taking the abilities from the stat block and making them more general so that they can be adapted into whatever they want to be. And something that I really like that you said, it's something that we very much do here. It's the way that I create most of our NPCs. is and the way that we work about it is we don't create the stat blocks first. Mm. We never go stat blocks first because um, typically the the method at which we've done it just by poor is I didn't know how to create stat blocks when I first started making NPCs. So I was just writing character profiles, basically. Then when we met uh, the, the gentleman who helps us make stat blocks called Tony, even though I know how to make stat blocks now, Tony is much more creative with adapting the ideas that I have into mechanics that actually function really well um, I always start with, you know, what do they look like? What is their mannerisms? Like, how do they operate? You know, what's, what's their kind of thing? What's their weakness? Where do they move around in this kind of place? You know, what, what about them, you know, where, where are they, where are they in this world? You know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, begin to build on all that. Once we've got all of that, then we kind of send it to the art, our artist. And then actually, once we've got the art back, we send my description and the art to our stat block guy. And at that point, the stat block gets made. And it's one of those things where we have, like, I almost feel like we have to go through that process because the ideas and the the stuff that we come out with is so much more interesting and fun than if we had gone, oh, we'll, we'll add, you know, a, uh, a freaking, um, what's it called? A cunning action to this character because, you know, they're, they're dexterous or something. That's cool. You know, like something like that. And it doesn't end up being as, Interesting as in depth, I think, is we've we found. I also
2: think um, what I what I it's, it's complementary. I think with the stuff that you're doing and the stuff that we're doing is that it is agnostic to to any TTRPG, right? You can just plug it in, and it, like you can you can sort of um, take out or um, remove or not use our stat blocks and use that NPC wherever. And right. the same sounds like <laughs> the same thing with your ideas. You know, they 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 don't have to be D Driven, that can be driven across any fucking platform there is, which
1: is really cool. Yeah, I mean, D and D's brain food, baby. Flavor matters most. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you're not wrong, as well. And, uh, I also love the concept of you know, releasing a bunch of spells, bunch of character ideas, bunch of items and stuff. Something that. Um, I imagine for both DMs and players will be super, super helpful. Um, do you intend to continue the shitty not compendium saga? Is there <laughs> going to be a shitty not compendium to electric? Google well... it.
1: Uh... <laughs> uh, you know, uh, maybe I, I would, I could totally see it happening. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Volume two, we, who knows uh maybe people will have been tired of that format by then maybe people will like it a lot i don't know uh but whatever the future holds i have no idea
0: i'm a fan of it i'm a fan of it um and, uh, and I just wanted to say, you know, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today and getting to know you a little bit, little bit more. I already knew you were a badass person just from the incredible ideas that you come up with and from the amazing podcasts that you run uh, and, and, and work on and, and are a part of. Um, but let me just tell you, this conversation has been so enlightening. You are such an enriching member of this community. And I feel so close to you right now. And I feel like you are an absolute badass. So Just want to say, you know, anyone who um, hasn't gone and checked out uh, role playing and role playing and role playing. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. uh, um, Or or Sam specifically, uh, please, please go and do so. Uh, Sam, um, over to you. If you'd like to, you know, shout any place, any stuff out or uh, or let people know where they can find the Kickstarter and things like that, um, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So uh, we are at r role playing that's r-o-l-l playing it's a little playing words haha um that's where you can find us on twitter you can find me at twitter at sam comer 24 if you want i rarely post there but when i do it's some crackhead shit so i don't know if you're into that check it out uh but then uh (laughs) (laughs) we've got a podcast on spotify that's pretty cool i think uh, in my unbiased opinion uh and then the kickstarter is on our twitter page as well and all that's on our website which is www.roleplaying uh which is a cool website because i made it uh (laughs) (laughs) it's actually a really it's a really easy to navigate website i actually really do like it Um,
0: (laughs) yeah wordpress is the best i was gonna say and and dark uh dark theme Yeah, shout out to dark theme <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> um, oh amazing so uh we're we're homie and the dude uh we're father and son team uh we do a DD and mma podcast um we also do D uh, sorry mma live streams we will be doing a DD stream starting next year um but for the time being check out our amazing NPCs. We just released our Mafia pack, which is plug and play. Uh, you get a Rakshasa Mafia Don, you get a Hill Giant Muscle, you get an Arcanaloth Consiglieri, a bunch of different things for you to check out and try. So if you guys get a chance to check those out, please do. Um, and all of those characters will be in the world that we will be playing in the stream as well. So you will get to see all of them in action next year when we do start the stream. But otherwise, guys, This has been Homie and the Dude, the Father and Son, TTRPG, and MMA podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Hit us with the Holy Trinity. Like and follow on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter. The Holy Trinity. (laughs) Hit us up with it. (laughs) Other than that, thank you so much, Sam. It's been an absolute honor. Thanks, Sam. Mm
1: -hmm. It's been a pleasure to be here.
0: Hey, guys. Thank you so much for watching Homie and the Dude today. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please hit us with the Holy Trinity, go follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and like the Facebook. It's the best way that you can help us out at the moment. Hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for watching, guys.